Hey guys, it's CS Joseph with csjoseph.life uh, doing another video on our 16 personalities series. Tonight's video is the first type of the behind the scenes informative responding control, also the traditionalist temperament, also known as the ISFJ, also known as the defender. So with my trusty whiteboard, let's dive in, shall we? So the ISFJ. Uh, they're like really common. They're probably the most common of all of the 16 types. Uh, it depends who you ask. Sometimes they say ISTJ. It's basically, well, they're SJs. So you already instantly know they're common because SJs make up 40% of the world's population anyway, right? So of course the ISFJ would be like, you know, super common by default. So, uh, so yeah, they're behind the scenes. Um, and uh, informative, so they talk, and they're all about contextual and hinting, they're responding because they're introverted. But we've been talking a lot about movement types, so their control, kind of like the direct initiating control types, the in-charge types, they go at their own pace, they take their own time, they take their time doing things, uh, they don't like to be rushed if possible. They kind of like to always have a plan and they're willing to allow their uh, partner to do the planning if necessary so they don't have to because planning uh, kind of stresses them out with their TE trickster sometimes. But for the most part, they just don't care about what the plan or they, they, they do care about or need a plan of some kind because when they wake up in the morning, they have to happen to their day. It's not the other way around. They don't want their day to happen to them basically because that means it would be out of control. And the ISFJ has to have some semblance of control for their day. So anyway, let's dive right into the ego. So you have introverted sensing hero. Uh, the ISFJ is always aware of what it should do. Uh, SI hero is all about duty. It's all about honor. It's all about what I should do. It has nothing to do with what I want to do. It's what I should do, basically. Uh, so they always know their duty. They cause them to be super traditional. Like all the IF, ISFJ women of the world, they always have Thanksgiving turkey dinner ready every Thanksgiving Thursday, every November, every year for time immemorial and forever and ever again. Because they're all about tradition. Tradition is everything to ISFJs. Why? Because SI is all about being comfortable and familiar and tradition is comfortable and familiar to the ISFJ basically and they defend and protect that familiarity and that comfort to the max they have to be comfortable at all times and if they're not and if they are uncomfortable they're going to have a problem <laughs> and it, like especially in social situations they get super uncomfortable and they just have to withdraw in those social situations unless of course they know that everyone in the social situation like likes them and or wants them to be there. So like if they're extroverted feeling, a parent gets in there and is in a consent that, oh, hey, these people value me and they, and they know me and uh, everything is going well socially. There's no justice in the way, there's no injustice here. So yeah, I'll definitely participate. But even then, their their mental energy will get drained, and they'll just have to like go off and be alone, or they'll try to dip out as soon as possible from the situation, which is kind of interesting because their subconscious is an ENTP, and ENTPs are notorious about dipping out at random times because it's just like ah, I don't really want to be here anymore, so I'm just gonna take off. You know, it's very ISFJs do the same thing. I know because well, my mother is one. 
So, uh, so yeah, that's that's a side hero. It's all about what they should do, um, and they're very duty based. Uh, they take their duty and safety based, uh, protective, um, traditional. They take it all very seriously, and they have a memory that cannot be challenged. They can remember things from forever ago. Uh, the thing is, though, is because they're taking in a lot of new experience, SI Hero actually can let go of some memories that aren't really as important. A lot of people think that it's not as sharp as SI Parent, but in that way, which is technically true, but they could still retain a lot more volume of information compared to SI Parent. So what they may lack in, I guess, you know, they just don't, they, they're they able to manage their thought, uh, their memories in such a way where they can have, um, like they hold on to more memorable ones, more important ones, more important experiences to them, especially ones that are social related. But memories that are more system related, they kind of just don't care that much. It's because of Effie Parent and obviously TE Trickster because TE Trickster just doesn't really care about that stuff. I mean, good luck asking an ISFJ to write out their math and show their work. It stresses them out and they hate the fiery passion because TI Child is there, similar to the INFJ. It just wants to be able to do it in its head and write the answer on the piece of paper instead of being forced against their will to show their work or whatever. You know, that's a great effective way to, um, to educate people, right? Yeah, let's educate children based off of, you know, their cognitive functions so then they're not screwed up by the time they graduate high school. That'd be great. Yeah, like that'll happen. So anyway, Effie Parent though, like it, they walk in a room, they instantly know how people are feeling. They're, they're trying, they're very caring, very nurturing. The ISFJ is very loyal because their SI hero is super loyal, probably some like the most loyal of all the types. And, it, and their sense of loyalty is so strong that it can actually go really, really bad because they fall in love with the idea of their family. And if anyone in their family betrays the idea of the family, then, uh, then they'll even cut those family members out and become disloyal to those family members. It's really weird. It's because ISFJs have this insane sense of justice. Uh, that come come from it because Effie Parent coupled with SI Hero, it, it just ends up becoming this giant fountain of justice. And the ISFJ is even willing to cut off members of their own family or even betray them for their own good. I'm going to harm you for your own good. I'm going to punish you for your own good. I'm going to destroy your life to save it. They always have that dumb point of view and it's so bad and it just leads to alienation because FI critic is there. ISFJs like INFJs walk around feeling worthless or or useless or they walk around believing that they're inept or um, um, I, I don't want to say useless because that's more of an INFJ thing uh, but it's still kind of in the same vein. They're very critical towards their self-worth and they just don't, and IS, IS, ISFJs do not feel good enough in the same, or deserving in the same way that INFJs do. But it's not really from a point of usefulness because SI Hero actually, and, and TI Child knows that it's useful because it can remember everything. So it's not really a concern of usefulness. It's more of, um, sometimes the ISFJ is like, well, I'm kind of like soulless in this moment, or I'm not a good person. Or, uh, or I'm not honorable enough. I'm not. I'm not judicious enough. Uh, 
and they have those types of criticisms towards themselves. It's not so much usefulness, whereas with the INFJ, it's all about usefulness in that regard. Uh, so every parent, every parent can be a problem. And if anyone is breaking social rules because it's SI hero, it will it will enforce the social rules. It will punish people and uh, literally take out the whip and whip people over if they're not careful. And this happens all the time. Uh, and it's extremely common with ISFJs. It's because ISFJs are, are vindictive because they remember everything and they're constantly trying to enforce social rules and social manners with everyone. They become super vindictive to the point that even if their own children or their own family members uh, slight the social order of the family that the ISFJ is supporting, uh, that ISFJ will lash out um, with FE parent. And it, it's very sad to see, but they do do it. Um, it's because to them, the idea of the family, the tradition of the family, the familiarity of the family, the manners of the family, what their family represents symbolically is actually more important to them than the actual people in the family, which is really sad. And I wish they wouldn't do that. Um, but we'll talk about how to avoid that in a minute. And then there's TI Child. ISFJs are actually really, really intelligent because of TI Child. A lot of people don't give them a, enough credit in this area. And to be honest, I think I think ISFJs themselves don't give them enough, themselves enough credit for it. I, I've talked to a lot of ISFJs and they all seem to, they know that they're not stupid, but they also don't give themselves enough credit that they are intelligent, similar to what INFJs do. Um, but it's not that they're trying to prove to everyone else that they're intelligent. It's just that they they they, they know it, but they there's like no proof. There's no social proof of it per se. So they just don't really care as much. So oftentimes people end up treating them like they're stupid um, when in reality they're they're not. And eventually the ISFJ, as they let go of their insecurity, they, they're able to use their ENTP subconscious. They actually know that they have this brilliant intellectual inside of them that they can bring out and they can accomplish a lot of intellectual things. And it's especially as they become well-read, researched, as their introverted sensing becomes stronger and stronger as the years go along, they're actually able to really bring out that intelligence and use that to combat situations, even scientific situations or situations of discovery. Like ISFJ is discovering new technologies and becoming like pioneers in areas of science or art or um, uh, mechanics even, uh, believe it or not. Uh, they can do that, and it's all thanks to T.I. Child. And it's, they're just so innocent about that, and they innocently arrive to their logical conclusions. If this is true, then this is true. If this is false, then that is false. If this is true, then that is false. If this is false, that is true, etc. And they're just constantly able to think that way through that. The problem is, is T.E. Trickster, they're just not aware of the data. They're not aware of the statistics behind their thinking. So they really are forced to, like go through every single situation on their own and experience it on their own case by case. And only by having that personal experience are they able to read a pattern and see the pattern with their extrovert intuition inferior. And that pattern that they're able to see is what allows them to put together in their mind um, the ability um, you know, to, you know, to have that discovery basically and take that scientific approach and become the intellectual because of the pattern they see. But that's because the experience of doing. 
they're doing it through experiential. Like ISFJs are extremely anecdotal, especially with anything scientific that they do, uh, because they don't rely on the information from others as much. Now they'll listen to other people if other people value things and value those ideas, but if they think that that's dumb themselves, and I don't think that's true, that they're not going to do it. Again, they're just going to rely on their own experience and their own anecdotal evidence with their experimentation to arrive to their ENTP conclusions. Not a bad thing, uh, but it's also interesting to see that they can actually be really, really brilliant without paying any attention to reference material. It's, it's, it's odd, but it can happen, and, I, and I've seen it happen a couple of times. Uh, my former cousin-in-law actually had a really uh, interesting way, uh, an innovative way of how to approach, because um, he works in concrete, for example, or did. I don't know if he still does. Uh, but he had a really innovative approach um, to working concrete that ended up saving a lot of time and money for the company he worked for, and then it became part of their regular working process, right? Well, that's because he was on the job site. He gained a lot of the experience at the job site. He didn't do any data or research, data collection or research at all, but he was able to use his expert intuition inferior aspirationally, augment that into his ENTP subconscious, and then start to innovate. It's all about innovation, and ISFJs are able to innovate and create some really cool things um, you know, out of nothing, you know, or out of what they already know, basically. It's like, it's like playing Legos, except with your experiences. And it's interesting because I actually see a lot of ISFJs play with Legos all the time, especially with their ISFP uh, counterparts. Um, they really enjoy, enjoy that. So expert intuition, um, ISFJs are, they struggle, I think their biggest struggle, other than the fact that they're very vindictive and justice oriented, is the fact that they're afraid. And I think that's, that's why they, well, I think that's one of the reasons why they're vindictive is because of how much fear ISFJs have. So the virtue and the vice of the ISFJ is faith versus fear, right? They, they have like, it almost, it seems like they have unlimited faith, especially, and they take their spirituality very seriously. ISFJ children will just start praying at random and you're like, what just happened? Where did you learn how to do that? When, when you don't even go to church, but that's what they do. It's SI hero. They have unlimited faith. Uh, children that would talk about, you know, they think Sasquatch is real, you know, and Bigfoot, which is Sasquatch, and UFOs, and all these things, and, and conspiracy theories, and it's just a little kid, and you're like, where did you learn that, and why do you believe that? They believe in Santa Claus, like, they, they, they really, um, uh, you know, just like Tim Allen said in the Santa Claus, if we're going to destroy our son's uh, illusions, then we should do it together. It's because, you know, that son was an ISFJ. He was taking those those beliefs in the Easter Bunny and the San, and Santa Claus very seriously because ISFJs are all about faith. The problem is is that they're afraid on the other side, and they're insanely afraid of the future. They're so afraid of the intentions of other people, what other people might do, what they might say, you know, um, and afraid that other people will betray them, which actually causes the ISFJ out of fear of betrayal to actually do the betraying themselves and then come to find out that that person didn't actually betray them, and then they end up becoming this walking, uh, self-fulfilling prophecy. It's one of the biggest problems with ISFJs. They become this walking, self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I can see in the future, and I see what you're going to do before you do it, so I'm going to act out before you do, 
and then I do and then realize that you didn't make that decision all along and now I'm a horrible person because I just did that to you. Yeah. Thank you, ISFJs. Um, <laughs> and then they just alienate people because of that and that can be a huge problem. Uh, so you gotta watch out for the NE uh, uh, inferior. Uh, if, if you if you're in a relationship with an ISFJ, I highly recommend explaining yourself and always explaining your intentions and stating what you want. That way they're never afraid of it and always say what you're going to do before you do it. So again, it helps them deal with the fact that they're not afraid of what you're going to do. Because if you leave things up to interpretation to an ISFJ, they will always assume the negative. And, be, and then they will start having contingency plans forming in their head and then those contingency plans will get crazy and then uh, all of a sudden you see them like gearing up for a battle uh, with you later that you know is not actually going to happen but then they think it is because they think that they're reading the stars with their extroverted intuition uh, inferior that that they're reading your pattern basically and you know if you're if you're doing these two things that means you're gonna go over here right but that's not actually true you actually go over there instead and they just get so confused and they assume you're gonna betray them or you or they assume that you're going to make such bad decisions it's going to destroy your life or they'll assume that you're going to be a bad parent you know it, it's it's really weird how isfjs approach this um you know and it's like well they're the most nurturing of the types and you know yeah but it's nurturing with a price you know they have this insane expectation of themselves because of fi critic and others because of se nemesis so let's talk about se nemesis SE Nemesis, Nemesis is really rough to deal with uh, f with an ISFJ. We talked about it with the ISTJ, uh, and uh, and yes, they are worried at the moment. They're worried about the environment. ISFJs, all of them are clean freaks. They have to have everything clean. Everything has to be prim and popper. They're going to come up to you if they see cat hair on you or dust bunnies or whatever. They're going to start picking at your clothes, get them off and whatnot, because it triggers them beyond any... Thing. If you have your shoes untied, they're going to tell you. If you have something unbuttoned, they're going to tell you. And it's just going to be like, wow, I, I guess I have I have no fashion sense in the face of you, uh, Mr. ISFJ or Miss ISFJ. It's just like there's nothing you could do about it. They're going to have a problem with that. And they themselves will take it upon themselves to fix it for you with or without your permission. Sorry, that's just how they are. Because they feel it is their duty they feel with their FI credit that it is their duty to fix that problem. TI child, SE nemesis, fix that problem and, uh, and to solve that issue. And then it's done and it's over with. Because their SI hero is so triggered by the negative experience that you're giving them because you have your shoe untied. And then they lose respect for you because you don't have and it, if it becomes a pattern right if you always have your shoes untied they lose respect for you that way you know imagine imagine growing up as a child and always you're dealing with this isfj parent that's having a problem with you for never having your shoes tied properly you know <laughs> like they will ride your ass until you figure it out and if you don't figure it out they will lose a lot of respect for you so you have to be really careful to not allow anything physical to become a pattern of behavior with them because they will have a serious problem with it in the long run no one believes me when i say it but i am speaking from personal experience and other people that i've talked to have personal experience with isfj parents yes that is a thing watch out so fi critic we talked about a little bit already they 
are really critical towards their self-worth. They often walk around believing that they're bad people or undeserving of good things in their life. They end up, it's weird, they end up believing that they deserve punishment. It's weird, it's really weird. ISFJs just end up believing they deserve punishment and because of that, they end up thinking that other people deserve punishment and then they punish other people. It's one of the reasons why they're so vindictive and why they alienate people in a lot of ways. Um, although SI Hero realizes over time that they're alienating people and then because of that realization, SE Nemesis will start to worry that they're alienating other people and then eventually that alienation will stop as the ISFJ gets older, which is great that they have that ability to improve with maturity and over time. INFJs, no, they don't have such luxury and that alienation just continues forever. And that's something that they have to deal with for like their entire lifespan. But the ISFJ can actually learn over time because they have SI Hero and can adapt to the fact that they've realized that they've alienated people. Because oftentimes, ISFJs complain about being alone, I have no friends, you know, this or that, and it's because they've alienated people, but then again, it's like, well, how do I deal with that? Uh, and SI Hero starts to remember all the situations, they analyze with their TI uh, child all the social situations with they, that they've been in, and they remember things, and they start to think, okay, well, what did people wanna do in that situation? That's literally going on in their head, and they're spending tons of cycles thinking about it. And then they end up getting worried that they're giving that person a bad experience. So then they remember later, okay, I need to behave this way to stop that alienation from happening. And you know what? Eventually it does. And it's great, actually, uh, when an ISFJ stops alienating people. It's, it's fantastic. It's a nice sign of maturity, and I congratulate them every time they do it. Uh, it does not stop them from being vindictive and punishing though. That continues forever. It's because that SIFE uh, justice uh, orientation, they, they're all, and that justice, that sense of justice is a tradition that's like bored into their minds. It's like etched on their soul. It's permanent. That's not gonna change. Um, but as long as you're behaving fairly and you're being honest with them and you're always being upfront with your attentions that you don't have to actually worry about being on the receiving end of that justice oriented punishment, you know, because they're like, I've done all of these things for you and I have cared for you and I have nurtured you. So because I've done all these things for you, it gives me a right that if you betray me as he, if, because they're worried about you betraying them. Like ISFJs walk around worried that you will betray them with their SE nemesis. If you betray me, that means I get licensed to betray you and punish you for it for a very long time. And I'm going to. I'm going to tie you to a tree and stab you repeatedly. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what INTJ superego does when, when ISFJs go into what I call revenge mode. Because they can definitely go into revenge mode. It's because NI Demon just wants to take revenge if... If they, they start anticipating your moods or seeing a pattern like cheating, for example, and then they, they believe and they and then they assume you're cheating because of SE nemesis and, and uh, they're worried that you're betraying them and then NI demon kicks in and it's like, well fine, you know, I want to punish you for this, even though you like may have not actually committed the crime. And of course, you know, I'm an NTP, right? So NTPs respond to SFJs with that attitude. It's like, okay. Well, if I'm gonna do the time, I may as well do the crime. So that's how SFJ NTP relationships have a lot of conflict sometimes because the SFJs are often accusing the NTPs of wrongdoing when the NTPs never did anything wrong. And 
and then there's no proof. The the ISFJ can't have any evidence, you know, with their TE trickster to prove anything bad happened anyway. So, and plus their SE, they haven't observed any wrongdoing. It's just that they think they're putting together a pattern of behavior when in reality they're not because it's any inferior. It's not as strong to be able to put a pattern of behavior together as the other expert and intuition functions in the child and the parent and the hero. And that can be a problem for them. So uh, we already talked about T trickster. They're just not aware of what other people think. Like they have no concept that another human being might be smart or intelligent or already know what they're talking about. And that's why TI child just can ramble sometimes and talk about things that are just, you know, and then people just are not even aware or they're, they're like, yeah, I know, but why are you telling me anyway? I already had this conversation with you. It's just, they're not aware of what other people think. And, um, you know, in TE Trickster, like another byproduct of TE Trickster is that they, they end up really listening to people who have credentials. If they're really flashy with their credentials and have degrees on the walls and plaques on the walls and whatnot, the ISFJ is actually more willing to listen to that person than people who are actually right. So you got to be careful. ISFJs really take professional help very seriously because they're willing because they have that SI hero laziness factor, kind of like what uh, ISTJs do. The difference is, is that the ISFJ, if they actually spend time reading and and listen to counterpoints, then what the doctor says, if they're looking into alternative health stuff, that TI child will kick in and realize that the, what the doctor's saying might not actually be true. And the ENTP subconscious will kick in because they may be sensing that the doctor may have bad intentions towards them. And the ENTP will actually start debating them on the subject while they're at the doctor's office. And that's how the ISFJ is able to protect themselves. The difference is, is that they need information. So... If you're ever getting into combat with an ISFJ, uh, this is how you defeat them. There is one masterful way to defeat an ISFJ, and it's in any social situation, any physical situation, anything. And here's how you do it. Do not tell them any information. An ISFJ is only as strong as the information they have. Do not give them information. Have zero contact with them. If you... Um, because any information you give them with that ENTP subconscious, if you give them an inch, they will take a mile and they will punish you for it. Be careful. If you have uh, an ISFJ parent that's overbearing and literally a helicopter mom, or for example, or a helicopter dad, or, or someone who's overbearing in that way, just cut them off. Limit your conversations with them. Do not give them details. Be very general with them. If you keep it in general land, their TE trickster is in where, you know, TE is all about being general because it's rationale. If you're speaking general with them, they can't engage with that and they have no power. Their, their cognitive functions are unable to fire at all. You know, TI child can't even think or, or solve that issue. Any, any inferior can't prognosticate or use its prescience to try to anticipate be your behavior because you're just being general. So the best way to defeat an ISFJ is to just not provide any details. Never go into detail with an ISFJ that is your enemy or could potentially be your enemy because any detail you give them, it is permanently etched on their soul because of SI Hero and they will always remember it and they will always use it against you. There's a reason why Miranda rights are the way they are. It's because of ISFJs. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law, and it is their court. The ISFJ elects themselves the judge because they're all about justice, and you do not give them information because anything you say will be used against you. That is how ISFJs work. They are literally the social justice police of society. 
in as much as INFPs may think so, ISFJs are 10 times worse in that department. So you have to be careful. ISFJs, because also of FE parent and whatnot, they're similar to ESFJs and how ESFJs are all about caretaking instead of caregiving. ISFJs, because of how nurturing they are, when they start caring for others, they start to have expectations of return on their investment and it becomes a covert contract. Now, it's not like they have a covert contract with life per se, it's just that they have many different covert contracts with other people. So it's like, well, if you scratch my back, I scratch yours, and they have this expectation of a fair trade, I'm gonna care for you and expecting that I get to take some care from you later. That's caretaking and ISFJs are all about caretaking. So you make sure that if you are in a relationship with an ISFJ or if you're working with them, that any that you do not allow any covert contracts to take place, that you actually state the terms of your relationship very early on. It doesn't have to say like, quote, these are the terms of our relationship. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that just be real and upfront with the ISFJ what your expectations, standards, and boundaries are from the beginning. And that way, no covert contracts can form because I guarantee you they will form and they will enforce them. They will enforce them. ISFJs are all about forcing people. Why? Because they are forced. ISFJs are built to withstand punishment. In fact, a lot of them walk around on the earth thinking that if they are not in a form of suffering, that something is wrong with their life. ISFJs expect suffering. They live in suffering. And without suffering, they end up believing that there's something wrong with life. It's weird. It is so weird. And you know what's interesting about that? ISFJs, and uh, it's super common for ISFJ women to find themselves in abuse, physically abusive relationships. It's so weird, but it's that, it's that SI hero, FI critic. When they team up to each other, SI hero is waiting to take the hits and FI critic's like, well, I deserve these hits. And it's like, are you out of your mind? Stop. And then, and then after they take the hits, they end up having a covert contract with the person and then they punish that person with the full force of their vindiction. It's like, come on, guys, stop trying to take revenge all the time. You know, an eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind, but an eye for an eye is the motto of the ISFJ. They're supposed to be these knights in shining armor of great honor, you know, and amazing fighters on the battlefield of respect. But if things don't go their way, and if they don't get their way, they take off their shiny armor, they put their banners away, they get off their horse and they put on a cloak and they leave their swords behind. They put on a dark cloak, they stick to the shadows and they have their knives and they go in for their one hit kills. They go in for their um, for their kidney shots or their, uh, you know, their, their, they ambush people. You gotta be careful because ENTP subconscious will ambush people. INTJ uh, superego, um, when it's in NI demon mode, it will ambush people even worse. You know, it's like you don't even see it coming. It's like, boom, it's like, and they're holding a grudge. ISFJs hold grudges because of this justice orientation of theirs, this vind uh, vindictiveness. These grudges last for 10 years, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they're taking their revenge out of you, and you're like, what the hell? I didn't see that coming. You know, it's, it's, like, a, it's like a rogue in World of Warcraft. They're all invisible and whatnot, and then all of a sudden they're right on your tail, and you don't even know what to do, and you're gonna die, and then you do, and it's like, oh yeah, well, ISFJ, be careful.
ISFJs can turn into walking assassins really quick. And that's anything that could even be physical assassin or uh, or social assassin, reputational assassin. They they will do it. They are all about character assassination. They are all about carrying out that work because it's just revenge. You wronged me after I gave you so much. After I was so loyal to you. You betrayed me. You took away things. You never said anything I told you. You are a disloyal person. You're a disloyal son. You're a disloyal daughter. You're a disloyal sister. Disloyal brother. You know, I was loyal to you. How dare you do this to me? You don't even want me. You don't even care about me. So because of that, I'm going to punish you forever and ever. Like, it's... Or at least until they think it's fair. You know, it, it's it's ridiculous. You know, the their their little silly revenge, uh, like I don't know, revenge trips that they go on. It, it's it's kind of it, it is ridiculous that that's a fact. So, um, so yeah, uh, so yeah, we talked about the super ego just now with their little revenge trips. Uh, we talked about uh, you know the ENTPs. Now they can use their intellectualism uh, for their ENTP subconscious talked about how justice oriented and how caring they can be but just got to make sure you got to watch out for the caretaking so how you how you live with them and be nice to them always make them comfortable at all times always state how you feel try to behave as morally as possible because they're holding you to that impossible impossibly moral high standard that they have for themselves they're holding you to it as well if you don't behave that way then they'll perceive that they have license to use their justice and enforcement upon you so be careful um but even they themselves fail at that and when they do remind them of their failure and make sure that you state it very loudly to them so that they never forget that they failed that moment in time so that they stop alienating you in that way later or holding you to that dumb super high morally superior standard later um uh, T.I. T.I. Child, always give them their day in court. Let them explain themselves. Let them share their thoughts with you. Always pay attention to the child. If not, they'll hate you for it. Always state what your intentions are at all times and tell you what you what tell them what you want to do and what you're going to do before they do it. That way, they feel secure and safe around you, and that way, they're not jumping to conclusions about your behavior. Uh, be as loyal to them as they are to you, as much as you can. Uh, to get over their nemesis. Again, watch out for the FI critic because that will alienate you uh, because of that high moral standard. Know that they are completely unaware of anything that you think at all times. So if you share thoughts with them, they're not really going to understand, much less it, it like it won't even phase them. Share your feelings because they're all about wanting to know your feelings. They just don't really know what your thoughts are. And also, don't ever ask an ISFJ what they want. That's the fastest way to piss off their super ego. Never ask them what they want. Only tell an ISFJ, hey, you should do this, or you should have this experience. You should, you should, you should. Never say you want. You want to do this? Want to do this? Why don't you want to do this? Why don't you want to do that? Don't ever do that. Always just tell them, dictate to the ISFJ what is to be done. They exist to take orders. They exist to be told what they should do. And because of that, I mean, every ISFJ I know, they end up taking over all the home chores. They just do because it's what they should do. It's their duty because they're very past-focused and duty-based protectors, such as the way of the ISFJ, also known as the Defender. So if you found this video helpful or uh, educational, please leave a like and a subscribe uh, and support the channel. Uh, I really appreciate the huge amount of support that I've been getting in the comments as well as on Twitter. That's been fantastic, guys. Let's keep this going. 
Uh, I'll be doing my next video on the ISFP, also known as the artist, and that'll be tomorrow, so that'll be fun for sure. And I will also be starting a new series on human nurture in the very near future. So awesome. I'll see you folks tomorrow.